Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. Several years ago, I was in the midst of an acrimonious divorce from my then-husband, full of crazy allegations and typical angry filings centered around the custody of our child. As with many divorces, friends and professional colleagues seemed to pick one side or the other. In my case, there was one sort of professional contact who reached out to me after hearing about the divorce, who offered to be a witness for my case because of some experiences he related that I had been previously unaware of regarding my ex's behavior while out at networking events or weekends away. After this initial call, he started calling on a semi-regular basis to, quote, make sure I was okay. This wasn't someone I knew well prior to the separation, and he was much older than I was, but claimed to have experience with divorce and custody, and I figured it was a good idea to be polite and not alienate him since his testimony was important, per my lawyer. I kept things friendly, but I always had a weird feeling about him. After a few months, he called one day that my son was very sick, and when I told him that I couldn't talk and explained why, he offered to run to the store for me, which I honestly appreciated. But after that, he was dropping by the house uninvited, or he would stop by with cookies for my son, things like that. Again, I kept telling myself to keep things polite, the divorce is coming soon. Don't make this guy mad. He had called me out of the blue, and I was worried at this point that I was walking a very fine line being polite, but clearly not interested. And if he got mad, he might decide to go testify for my ex and say who knows what. During this time, he had also helped me set up a security camera system that my dad had mailed me. And on another occasion, I needed someone to walk my dog, and he offered to do it. He used and returned a spare key that very same day. One evening, he showed up while I was painting and insisted on sticking around to help, even though I was having my starting over catharsis and wanted to do it alone. Just after the painting day, he came around, both uninvited and unannounced, with magazine photos of decor and started carrying on in this manic way about how we could finish decorating the house. I was so weirded out that I made an excuse to leave, began to ignore his calls, and took my son and dog to stay with my parents for several weeks to avoid a drop-in. I came home a few weeks later, thinking he would have gotten the hint, and it was all quiet that day. The following morning, though, I took my son on an outing, something like the zoo. We both came back hot and tired. I put my kiddo down for a nap in my bed, and decided to close my eyes along with him. I woke up maybe an hour or so later, and it took me a moment to realize that something was way off. As I'm blinking off the sleep, I realized there was a rose bush sitting on my bedside table that I most definitely had not put there. There was a post-it note on it as well, something about planting it in the yard. I started shaking immediately because I recognized the handwriting. As I stood up to go splash some water in my face 
and decide whether to call my parents or the police. I still didn't want any trouble because of the divorce. As I stepped into my bathroom, I realized that the mirror was covered in post-it notes, all with super creepy messages that were intended as like love notes or with affection, but all of which scared me to high heavens. I was still waking up and trying to figure out how these notes could possibly have gotten into my house. My front door was definitely locked, but as I went room to room, there were notes everywhere. I mean hundreds of post-it notes, covering the walls, in my cabinets. There was even one inside of my coffee maker. I started grabbing all of them and putting them into a pile. When I got to one in the kitchen, it made my blood run cold. It said, you're cute when you think no one is watching you. And I realized that there was a security camera pointed right where that note was left. The one that he had helped me set up months earlier, when I didn't think that he was a psychopath. I called my parents in hysterics, sent them a bunch of photos, and my dad insisted that I should not call the police. Remember, I was still going through a custody battle. But that he would drive over, change the locks, and put a chain on the front door. We also immediately changed the passwords on the security cameras, which originally had been installed to document if my ex tried to break into the house. So there was one on the front porch, but three inside the house, including one in my bedroom. This man could apparently see and hear everything going on inside of my house for months. I realized with the security cameras, he had just paid attention to my passwords when I was setting up the system. But the only way I can figure that he got into my house is that he must have made a copy of my house key the day that he had it. And because my dog had gotten to know him, he wouldn't have barked to warn me, which also scared me. I was absolutely horrified. This man had been in my house for a long time. There's no way he could have put that many notes up that quickly. And he was right next to my face and feet from my son while we were sleeping. And he somehow thought that that was okay. I left and stayed with my parents again for a few days, afraid of what he was going to do when he realized that he was now both physically and digitally locked out of my house. When I came home, my son had gone to his dad's for the night, and I was home alone, on the phone with another friend from out of town. About 10 p.m., this man showed up at the door, pounding on it, trying the locks, screaming obscenities, and demanding to be let into his house. Gone were all the niceties. This was someone completely furious and derailed. All I could do was hide in my bedroom until he left, what felt like an hour later. This was St. Patrick's Day, so I'm positive that he had been drinking. After that, there were several other times someone would start knocking on the door in the middle of the night, always when my son wasn't home. I think he was crazy, but not that crazy, and figured if I called police, he would get in more trouble if my son was there. But he knew the schedule, so I knew it was him. He tried reaching out using fake social media accounts several times, always getting blocked. Years later, I discovered that he had friended my mom on Facebook and was therefore still able to see all the photos of us that she posted or shared. And there was a huge argument when I saw a conversation they were having about me and how he could get back into my life. I sold that house two years later, still finding new notes even as I was packing. And I'm more than relieved that he no longer knows where I live. I don't post photos of my new house online. Not the front, anyway. 
and I have changed the privacy settings on my social media accounts. I avoid all the places he used to go, the networking events he attends, and I stay as under the radar as possible. I could never bring myself to play back the security camera videos because I was traumatized enough and didn't want to see just how much danger we could have been in. Hopefully he never sees or hears this post, but you know who you are, and I just hope our paths never cross again. I'm going to preface this story by saying that pretty much no one in my circle believes me when I tell it, but I want to share this story because I spoke about it for the first time yesterday in a long time, and it brought about a lot of feelings that I'm trying to reconcile. I live in Northern Europe, Finland to be specific. My country is cold and covered by large forests and several lakes. My family consists of my mother, father, and an older brother who is three years older than me. He's really important to this story. It's also important to know that my parents' house is literally in the middle of nowhere, just forest around it. There aren't even proper roads or any streetlights. The nearest neighbor lives really far away, probably about 10 kilometers. In my country, winter comes early and lasts longer than summer, so the days are dark almost all year round. My father is a fireman and my mother is a nurse, so they've always been on the night shift. They've left me and my brother home alone pretty much since we were just toddlers. I don't know if it's even legal to leave us alone, but my brother has always been good at taking care of me. This particular evening was close to Christmas. Both of us were on winter break, but my brother still went to ice hockey practice. He was really tired that night afterwards. Father and mother had gone to work at night, like usual, and left us alone. I was eight at the time, which meant my brother was eleven. We often slept next to each other downstairs in our parents' bed, but I decided to be a big girl that night and sleep in my own bed upstairs. I really just wanted to play my Nintendo, and I knew my brother wouldn't let me. He was so tired after training that all he wanted to do was go to sleep. We ate, brushed our teeth, and went to our rooms upstairs. My room faced the forest, and his room faced the only dirt road near us. There's a hall and a toilet between our rooms. My brother must have fallen asleep right away, but I played and played, probably for hours. I played so long that I lost track of time. I was under my covers in case my brother came to scold me. I started to hear something outside, though. I didn't pay attention to it at first. I've lived all my life in the middle of the forest, so you regularly hear the sounds of the night, animals, and various unexplained things pretty much all the time. What I originally heard was a small noise, but that changed in a second. Someone started shouting almost screaming. It sounded like a grown man who may have been wounded or hurt. I lifted my head from under the covers, startled, and listened for a moment. I called out my brother's name, but he didn't answer. I got up from my bed and ran to his room, where I found him sleeping soundly. I started to try to rock him awake. At the same time, I saw from his alarm clock that it was nearly two in the morning. My brother woke up confused and dazed. Do you hear that? I asked him in a whisper. My brother's eyes widened, and all sleep vanished from his face. 
He sprang up, didn't say a word. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But walked towards my room. The shouting came from somewhere in the forest. We stood together in my room and stared out into the dark blankness. I think someone needs help, I said quietly. But my brother's expression didn't change. His face was like stone. No. No one needs the help of two kids. Besides, if he needed help, he would be screaming for help. My brother turned around. He was right. I heard no words, just screaming. My brother walked downstairs, and I right after him. Our house has three doors. He tried each of them to make sure that they were locked tight. He took our father's headlamp because it had the strongest light. Then he picked up the house phone. Before calling for help, he made sure all the lights were off, took my hand, and began to lead us back upstairs. Then he stopped. The shouting had changed. It no longer sounded scared or in need of help. It sounded irritated, angry, like it was annoyed that we didn't come out looking for it. My brother squeezed my hand and continued to pull me upstairs. He stared at my room for a moment before he pulled me into his own. He closed the door and sat behind his bed, pulling me into his arms. It was dark everywhere. My brother hadn't turned on the headlamp, but he had 112, our version of 911, ready on the phone. We sat there in silence. The sound had come closer until it was clearly behind the window of my room. We heard someone banging on the window. I began to sob. My brother stroked my head to calm me down, but it didn't help at all. I was terrified. The sound seemed to be coming closer and closer. It had climbed the fire escape under my window, and I was traveling along the rain gutters towards my brother's window. Then it became silent. The voice had stopped screaming, but we could hear it clinging to the rain gutters to get closer to us. Then it was too quiet. My brother turned on the headlamp and pointed the light towards his window, seeing nothing. He turned off the light and waited a moment longer. Then he pointed it out the window again, still nothing. Before he could do this a third time, there was a large crash, as if a big pile of snow had dropped from the roof down to the terrace. My brother flashed the light in the window. This time there was something on it the kind of trace that is left when you breathe too closely to glass. My brother immediately turned off the light. Whatever it was, it had fallen down because my brother's window had nothing to hold on to. We started hearing moaning and groaning. It sounded only partially human at this point, but absolutely in anguish. If you've ever heard the sound that a bear makes when it's been shot, that's what it sounded like. But it had just a touch of man to it. Then the voice became angry again, going into a full tantrum. It started hitting the wall of our house. 
I squeezed both my eyes shut and pressed my head against my brother's shirt. It raged for a while, but started to whine and moan once more. It no longer sounded human at all. I can't describe what it sounded like, but it didn't sound natural. My brother dropped the headlamp on the floor and hugged me tightly. We listened to the sound for quite a long time. I don't remember at what point I fell asleep, but by the time I woke up, it was morning. The beautiful morning sun reflected against the white snow. I was laying on my brother's bed, and he was sitting next to me reading comics. He just smiled. Had I been dreaming? I didn't have time to say anything when we heard the lock on the front door open. It was 9 a.m. My father had just come home. My brother cheerfully jumped out of bed and ran to greet Dad downstairs. Maybe I had a nightmare and went to sleep next to my brother. It doesn't sound impossible, especially since my brother didn't mention it in the morning. I had convinced myself at that point that I had had a nightmare that just felt real. I believe so for many, many years. However, that all changed. My brother came to visit me yesterday. Nowadays, I live in the capital of my country, far from my mother and father, because I go to university. My brother had broken up with his long-term girlfriend, and I promised that he could bunk in my place as long as he needed. We had a lot of fun, just like old times. We drank some wine, watched a movie, and just talked about everything. Then we began to talk a little deeper, which usually happens after drinking wine. I turned to look out my window. Winter was coming, and it was already dark. It brought back childhood memories. I told him about the dream that I had when I was little, while looking at the street lamps outside. This darkness reminds me of when I had a nightmare as a child. I dreamt that someone screamed behind my window, and I hid in your room with you. Wasn't I a strange little girl? I laughed and turned to look at my brother, who's now 23. He's huge, into bodybuilding, and his blonde beard. He looks a bit like a Viking, and the look that I saw on his face then, I had never seen on him as an adult. He looked at me with wide eyes, pale, like he had seen a ghost. I freaked out a little bit. What? I asked awkwardly. You remember that? He asked. It got quiet again. What do you mean? It was a dream. My brother looked really startled, as if I had dug up a memory from his mind that he had wanted to forget. My brother shook his head. I thought you wouldn't remember that. You were so little. I hoped that you would forget. My brother looked at me blankly and told me his side of the story. He told me how I had fallen asleep in his arms from exhaustion. He pushed me to his bed but he didn't fall asleep that night. He sat by my side all night, just like a guard dog. The morning had begun to dawn. The sound began to fade until it just disappeared. My brother still couldn't sleep, though. He decided to start reading comics to pass the time. When father had come home, my brother had gone out to look for tracks. But since it had snowed all night and morning, any tracks were covered. For the next week... My brother visited my room several times a night to make sure that I was sleeping safely. We started talking more about what happened. Neither of us ever mentioned what happened to anybody. I asked him why he didn't call 112, but he just shook his head. Who would have believed me? He was right. It would have sounded like a prank invented by little boys, 
My brother also said he was annoyed that he didn't flash the light to the window sooner. He would have wanted to see what the creature or person looked like. I was just happy that I hadn't seen anything. I'm also happy to know that I'm not crazy. It wasn't a dream. I have a witness. My brother experienced it too, and he remembers it better than I do. But no one else seems to believe me, nor would anybody believe him. Of course, it's also possible that somehow we created the whole thing in our heads. We have no physical evidence of what happened, and it did happen years ago. It's very possible that we were just kids with overactive imaginations. I'm certainly not denying that possibility. But if we both have a recollection for something that we never spoke about, it's much more likely that this did indeed happen, and that there was someone or something climbing on our house that night, trying to lure two children outside. I've been a long-time lurker here, but have taken a while to post this because I wanted to unearth the messages from this night and knew that it would be uncomfortable. This happened about six years ago. I was 25 at the time, moved out of my parents' house into an apartment in a big city with two of my male friends. For context, I'm female. The neighborhood we moved into had previously been a not-so-great area, but had been up and coming for some time. I had never felt unsafe there, aside from this night. It was our second night in the apartment. While asleep, I was woken up by the sound of cabinets being opened and closed, and the sound of heavy-sounding boots walking around. I was immediately annoyed, thinking if this was how loud it would be every morning when my roommates got ready for work, I would be in for a long lease. As I laid in bed, mind you, still half asleep, my bedroom door was opened and the lights momentarily turned on. I started to pull my covers off of my head and to turn towards the door when the lights quickly turned off and the door was slammed shut. At this point, I was confused as to why my roommates would come into my bedroom like that. I looked at the clock and it was a shade after 2 a.m. I had then realized that something wasn't right. I messaged my roommates. Me. Who's up right now? Roommate. Me. Me? LOL. Okay. Roommate. Yo, someone opened my bedroom door. Me. Wait. Me too. That wasn't you? Roommate. No. Me. What the f***? Roommate. Uh, yeah, what the f***? Could it have been roommate number two? Me. Someone turned on my light and had shoes on going through the cabinets. Roommate. Dude, what the f***? I'm gonna get up. We both walked out of our rooms at the same time. We looked towards the living room and noticed the window was open and the blinds were mangled. We turned around toward the back door as we heard footsteps on the back porch. I quickly locked the door behind whoever it was as my roommate grabbed a knife. We then called the cops. We took this moment to look around the apartment and take stock of what was missing. To our surprise, the only thing gone was an external hard drive and our other roommate, who had left some hours ago, although we didn't know this at the time. We stayed up for a while, unable to fall back asleep, as we shared a can of black olives. 
I think not seeing the intruder has made it easier to overcome, and I'm fortunate that nothing further happened when they opened my bedroom door. We suspect whoever it was thought the apartment was still vacant, but who knows? We haven't had any such visitors since night two in the apartment, although we promptly changed our locks and make sure all doors and windows are latched before calling it a night. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 